Mr. J. Vaval, what's going on, my daughter? JTG, how you doing this week? This week, this week, this day. I can't <laughs> complain, man. So, I mean, you know, I got this busted ankle, but, you know. Just <laughs> walking like a mummy, huh? Yeah, bro. Dudes, I felt, you know, it's been a while since mm-hmm. I hooped. And I forgot, I forgot the rules. Don't go on the post when you when a muscle head is guarding you. <laughs> you got you got uh old dirty bastard playing defense on you. Rah, 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 rah. The thing about it is, it's it's IQ. The IQ not there. Like bro, we playing LA fitness basketball. Niggas don't throw the ball in the post like that. Niggas don't be muscling like that but his mindset oh i'm a big guy and i'm like bro anyway you gotta this what this bro the only time they could play professional basketball so bro i was like i i, I told the wife this morning i said i don't think i'm gonna play basketball again dog because it's not fun it's really not fun like i only played three times this year and then i and this happens and then it's like the only way i'm gonna play is if i start training and get my handles a whole lot better, so I can do what I want to do on the court. That's really what it is, and I ain't got time for that. Nigga, thirty-eight years old. <laughs> I got time for that. Well, Unless you play with people that you're used to playing with that know how you play, and that's it, really. That's true. I mean, hey, you at a crossroads, right? You got to make time for what you really deem as important. So, yeah, it is. I, I was, I was, I, I've been the last twenty-four hours. I've been contemplating it hard, like, yo, maybe I should go buy that 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 dribbling uh, video. You know the dribbling? I know you've seen it on your timeline. because yeah. yeah. I was like, damn, I should buy that dribbling program. Because <laughs> I was like, I could do it, and I'll do it with Josiah. That's how I was thinking. I was like, so I was me- like, I'll like, just do it 20 minutes a day in the garage. Mm-hmm. Nah. But why, do it. why do you feel like you need to <laughs> – why do you, you dribble good enough? Why do you feel like you don't have it now? Nah, like, see the thing where you don't notice with my dribbling, I dribble well when I could get ahead of steam. Okay. But when I'm standing still, like, it's hard for me to like make my move unless I have a pick. But who's gonna really come set six, seven, eight, three hundred and twenty-five pound guy a screen? Niggas, don't, <laughs> niggas don't even set each other's a screen. Like, if I set them screens and they don't even use it, so yeah. <laughs> strategy after the podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah um i want to start off today with my giant gratitude uh because it's been one interesting week for me and um my giant gratitude is you know when people show you who they are believe them mm. Mm. and that goes into the four agreements where it says don't take things personal yeah i'd like to keep it real here on the giant fundamentals podcast let's be real we all take shit personal it's really hard not to take stuff personal and i i went through this process the last couple days because i did take a situation personal because I'm in the realm of developing new friendships, especially in this older age, it's tougher, right? That yeah. on previous podcasts. And you're going to meet, and I've met people, and everyone's going to meet people that 
they seem like they want to be friends with you on a very close level. And what I mean by that is people are building relationships and they're being friends with you and, and it's gradually growing, right? It's like, okay, now we've learned each other's last name. Now we know each other's interests. Now we're talking about business. Now we're, you know what I'm saying? Like you see yeah. that it's growing, but I noticed that when people can't get what they really want out of you, they automatically shift the friendship. Mm. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, we're growing through this natural progression of the friendship. Yeah. And then that particular person's mind, they're like, oh, nah, I never wanted to be that close to you anyway. Or I didn't think it was like this. And they don't realize is that they, in the moment, it's as if they were using you. Right? Mm -hmm. and, I, I, and before you, 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 I see you have a lot of thoughts going through your mind. What I realized is I did take it personal, but I didn't react. I realized that it was more about them than it is about me. Yeah, and, and, and man, that that's some that's deep realization, man. And it's a testament to the work that you've been doing on yourself personally because you have to know yourself enough. I, okay, this is how I say: the more you're in tune with yourself, the easier it is to navigate relationships in general. Yes, and because you've been doing this work on yourself and you know your values, you know what you want out of a relationship, you know what a, now you know what a mutual relationship is, where it's like, okay, uh, quid pro quo, like, okay, you do for me, I do for you, but if you don't get a chance to do for me, it's okay and vice versa. Correct. Right? But then there is the, the, that, the relationship that many of us get caught in is that transactional relationship where you do for me, I do for you, but the moment you don't do for me, I feel a certain type of way. Yep. And yep. you see the type of relationships that many people have and they don't realize it. Like that's a that's not only a transact um transactional relationship, but that's also you're in that relationship out of obligation because now it comes like, oh man, he did that for me. So now I have to do it for him. You know how many times it has happened to me? <laughs> like I, I'm I'm like I'm Back in the day, I'm asking somebody for bread, like, yo, can you give me, shoot me this bread or whatever, this and that and that. And I can see they're like, uh. And they're doing that because I've looked out for them in the past. Yeah. So they feel obligated at that time to right. give me the bread. And I have to interject because I see the energy. I'm like, I say, bro, listen, if you don't got it, it's good. Like, it's okay. I'm just going to go find it some other way. I'm going to ask somebody else. And I can every single time, Jerry, the liberation and the freedom that the person feels, I can sense the energy shit. Because I would like to help you, but I really don't got it. I say, yeah, it's cool, bro. It's no knock. And I let them know. It's like, nah, it's no knock on you. We still good. Like, there's no pressure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I am a strong believer in treating others the way I want to be treated. So I want to be treated that way. I don't want to feel that pressure. Like, I have to show up for you every time. I have to do this. If I don't, there's a problem. So I lead with that in my relationships. So I see mm -hmm. that you're able to, you've gotten to that point where you, you can see, you can feel it. Like, uh, yeah, this person not really, you know. And you do take it personal because we all love, well, not all of us, but you and I, we're both relationship people. Mm -hmm. It's like, you want good, healthy relationships. You want, like, I want to be able to talk. I want to be able to, like, be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want, like, 
uh, all these relationships, people be like walking on eggshells and this and that and that. You feel the tension. It's like, bro, I don't like that stuff, man. Yeah, and, and, and I'm glad that, like you said, I appreciate you saying the work that I've done on myself. I took time because you'll realize people will say things and contradict themselves, right? So yeah. when I was able to talk to this particular friend and say, hey, you mentioned this in the recent past, or you mentioned this last week, I'm just trying to gain clarity. And when they clarified themselves, I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. You are full of shit. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> now, I I understand now. I get it. I, I, I almost was bamboozled. I almost was... And it's all good. Right. And then they, I don't take, I'm, I'm not taking it personal now. Now I'm just, I'm looking at the facts of the situation. And I also had to catch myself because, like you said, we love relationships. And I constantly find myself of caring too much. I'm a very mm-hmm. caring person. And because mm. of that, I have to be careful. I have to be cautious on how I approach yeah. relationships. So yeah. that. that that was eye-opening to me. <laughs> you know, uh, this last thing I would say about this topic is um, yeah. I remember just last night or just yesterday, mm-hmm. Kitao was telling me how she's reading Think Like a Monk by um, Jay, Jay Shetty. Shetty. Mm-hmm. And, well, she's rereading it. And, um, you know, that book's good. If she rereading it, she is really good because that girl be jumping from one book to the next. Don't even finish <laughs> the last book. She's just going to the next one. <laughs> So she's rereading it, and she said, um, she said, I said, like, what you just explained, like, yo, you're a big relationship person, uh, so on and so forth. And, you know, sometimes we try to do so, like, we try to be so good to people, and we try to be there for people so much, and we overdo it because we want somebody to do that for us in terms of, like, that's a is an insecurity of ours. It's like we want people to be there for us so much. So subconsciously, we're like, let me overdo by being there for this person, so they can like see that and be there for me in that way. And yeah. it's like small. It's it's like a small little gap between your conscious and your subconscious that feels that way, mm-hmm. and you don't realize that that it don't work that way. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it it's not gonna work that way. So really, it's like. When we try to be like over, when we try to overdo it, it's literally coming from a selfish place. Right, right. So, yeah. so what was your giant gratitude this week, bro? Um, man, I, I, I'm thankful for uh, my job, man. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't even really consider it a job. That's how I know it's like it's great. I don't, I don't really consider it a job, to be honest with you. I, I, cause I don't look at myself as an employee. Right. Um, I look at myself pretty much. I feel like I'm a partner and I think a lot of people need to start thinking about that. Even if you're an employee, you got to look at yourself as a partner, you know, you're uh-huh. helping this place build up. So, uh, since I became the VP at the practice, um, the things that I've been able to implement and how I, I literally 3x the income in one month, bro. Man, I was like, it's like I always knew I can do these things because I've done them in the past in other settings. But because 
I didn't have a great grasp on my gifts, my talents, my strengths. And when I did know my gifts, my talents, my strengths, because my gifts and talents and strengths were like were not like other people, I devalued what I brought to the table. Mm. But like you doing all the healing work that I've been doing the last couple of years, not only am I seeing my talents, my gifts, my strengths, I'm seeing how valuable and how needed they are. Like literally I'm Jeff Bezos. Like I'm the system person. I'm the one that can get into a company, put systems in place and give that company a chance to expand and to scale and to be around for hundreds of years. That's the type of talent and gifts I possess. So being able to see that in just this this little micro setting, yeah, is like whoa, it's like wow. So I'm just I'm just very thankful for that man that I'm able to see that I'm able to lean into that. And also, what I really was gonna say is uh, the CEO, the boss of the practice, man. I'm thankful for him because as a black man, because he's a black man, I'm a black man, and you know how black men are. For some reason, we have an issue working together. Yeah, there's <laughs> always some problem. But man, he's he don't have an ego. He's like, bro, you good at that? I'm terrible at it. You pay your mm-hmm. shots in that area. Just make it happen. I trust you. Just make it happen. He, even though he feels uncomfortable with something, I'm putting in. I don't know, but he see those numbers. Yeah, <laughs> numbers don't lie. So he's like, oh, okay, you know. So I'm thankful for him, man. So that's my giant gratitude. Now that's awesome. I'm gonna have to get you a shirt that says Giant Executive. <laughs> giant Exec. Yeah. Man. Yeah, man bring up a, a really great point about how I don't know why we do this um, but in the professional sense we discount our gifts we feel like the job like our gifts are too small to aid us in our uh, professional lives in our jobs and our careers and it's really the opposite it's really truly the opposite and we've had those conversations where I was like bro you're a six seven figure earner already yeah. right life experience yeah. that, that that I know we can't put it on our professional resume but we have it mm-hmm. you know yeah. but that but that's what manifestation is though yeah like you have to believe it in your inner world before it is manifested in the outer world you know mm-hmm. a great example well a couple of years ago back in 2021 I believe when Kanye's doc came out and he was calling himself a genius. And, and that's when he, in the very beginning stages of his career. And he's going back and forth with one of his boys. Like, bro, you're not a genius. He was like, nah. And they just going back and forth. Johnny Kanye's like, he's a genius. This and that and that. And at that time, it didn't manifest itself in the outer world yet. Yeah. But his inner world, he's like, bro, I'm a genius. Ain't nobody could tell me anything differently. Man, when I saw that, I'm like, whoa, that spoke volumes to me. And I look now. You running, you running like what? Fifteen years later? Oh, well, pretty much almost twenty years later, to be honest with you. Yeah, look, bro, you gotta put you. To me, Kanye is the Mozart of this time, bro. Yeah, like you gotta put him there. Like you just hear his music, it's like, oh, this is like, this is wild. <laughs> like I just be hearing the percussions and everything. I was like, dang, this is a very unique type of sound, genius level type sound. So again. Your inner world, man. You believe it, bruh, it's going to manifest itself eventually. For sure. For sure. Now, talking about 
Kanye, Belief, Mozart of our time. I know you're waiting for the segue. <laughs> we were talking about yesterday, and this is the reason why we wanted to talk about it today. Um, as I was watching the Tiger uh, Woods documentary, uh, to your point about belief and manifestation, Tiger Woods' dad had so much belief that Tiger Woods was going to be the Messiah of golf, that he literally did become the Messiah of golf. Like, they were calling him the son of golf. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? The son of golf. Wow. Yes. That's, that's crazy. Crazy. Because it, it is funny because they said that um, Tiger, it was 11 years, because he, he had won his last major in, like, 2008, 2009. He went through all that turmoil, 2010, 2013, whatever. 11 years later, he was able to win another major. Um, yeah. And they were saying that was that's so, like, incredible. And they said the sun actually, I guess, sets itself or revolves or resets itself every 11 years. So they was like, hey, he must be the son of golf, right? You know, spiritual connection. And mm -hmm. as I was watching the documentary, you know, a lot of people – you know, Judge Tiger based on his sex addiction and how he cheated on his wife and all this other stuff that happened. Um, and it's crazy because it, he learned it from his father. In his younger years, he was so emotional and he was so disappointed about what his father was doing when he was younger that he eventually became the thing that he hated so much. Yeah. Um, that caused us to go down a rabbit hole of conversation of why do men cheat? Right. Hey, go ahead. That, that was a good ass segue, nigga. I ain't know where the hell you were going with that shit. I'm getting better at this shit, bro. They can't stop me. Thank you. Thank you. I've been, I've been working on my craft a little bit, you know, here now. But, um, yeah, so start us off. What, what, why do men cheat? It's, it, women, pay attention because I know y'all think all men cheat. So if you if you if you could even though the statistics show that women actually cheat more than men, um, yeah. I mean, there is more of them than us. Exactly. So, but that's a skewed statistic because it's like one to ten now. So, yeah, it's crazy. We, yeah, they you know the options are, are are different on both sides, but um, True. yeah, if you could just start us off and and like, what are your what are the first things that come to mind when you think about why men cheat? Oof, man, that's like the good old friend, good old mentor used to say, that's loaded. Loaded. I did. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Brother Mac with the amazing facts. Yeah, man. Man, that's a loaded question, man. I was talking to my wife about that just this morning, too. Mm. Like, there are multiple reasons why men cheat mm -hmm. it's not just one reason is that oh, all men are dogs no it's not that if let's 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 go to okay let me start where everyone knows yeah all right niggas just be horny bro that's just you know that's just one yeah it's just horny and they just be out here doing their thing right um, and there is a, there is a lack of self-control there. So you just kind of like, you go ahead and you do your thing. And, and, and the thing about it is, it's something that is expected of men to do. 
Yes. The thing is, when there is an expectation there, it just makes it a lot easier, whether it is a positive expectation or a negative expectation. It just makes it much easier to act accordingly to that yeah. expectation. If you could, Doc, because I agree with you, especially when we were growing up as a young boy. Yeah. It like if you if you had only one girlfriend, you were like, all right, you straight. Like you had to be talking to mo- like your roster had to be full. Like right. early as I can remember, I I remember yes. when I had girlfriends in the third grade. Like that was like Jerry, you the man of the year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that w- that was the thinking. So if you could talk about like just kind of like how we're how men are cultured or cultivated to have multiple partners. Yeah, because the thing is, having multiple partners is like you said, for lack of better terms, a badge of honor when it comes around, when it comes to other boys, men. And it's like, you, you stand out like, oh man, you got something like you're good. Like, oh wow. Like, how did you, you know what I'm saying? It's like a badge of honor. So now that badge of honor, let, well, let's, let me go back. What does that badge of honor symbolize? Mm. That you have to look at that badge of honor symbolizes acceptance and approval. Hmm. That is the baseline of what every single human being wants. Right. For women, their acceptance and approval can be different things. I'm, I, don't, I can't speak on that. But for men, I know one of the main things, well, starting from boyhood, that badge of honor is acceptance and approval. How do you get it? Yo, you got to be good with the ladies. Yeah. You got to be good with the ladies uh, or you got to be able to dress well or you have to, if you play a sport well, you're good. And see, the thing is, what a lot of us don't realize is that when you play your sport very well, when mm-hmm. you have the wardrobe, it automatically leads into you getting multiple girls. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So, um, at the end of the day, it's like we've, like you said, we've been cultivated and cultured. We've been programmed to think like, yo, if I have multiple girls, I'm the man. Yeah. And um, that in itself, it really messes up our relationship with the opposite sex because now we're just looking at women subconsciously as possessions and Correct. not human. Correct. And, and, and it's difficult because even growing up in the church, right? Strict background. I mean, it was frowned upon, right? Verbally, technically. But if a man cheated on his wife, it was like, all right, y'all could work it out. But if a wife cheated on her man, ah, uh, nah, that's the cardinal sin. You, you're Eve. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it, that dynamic, I think most people don't realize how much it plays on our subconscious. For sure. Right? As we say it out loud, we're like, oh, it, this, it shouldn't be that way. It doesn't make sense. But because over time, our programming, it's more and more accepted with the rap videos, the yeah. culture and everything like that. Everyone likes a, a ladies man, a man that yeah. looks like he can handle multiple, like he's the, he's the lion of the jungle. He's yeah. the Listen, you made a great point. You, great, you, made, you, you brought something key to the table. In church, a man cheats on a woman, work it out. A woman cheats on a man, ah, man, she's a Jezebel. Mm. And again, 
that goes back to expectations. It is it is expected for a man to cheat. Yeah. That's the standard that is for a man. Like, I don't know. That's just it's a it's an unwritten rule. It's an unwritten saying. Men are expected to cheat. That's why women say all men are dogs. That's why women say all men cheat. Because mm. that is the expectation, that is the standard. However, for a woman, the expectation and the standard is for them to be faithful, is there for them to be loyal, to go through it through thick and thin no matter what. Mm-hmm. But what we don't realize, in reality, women actually cheat more than men. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have these expectations, yeah. but yet we don't see that. Uh, everybody's kind of like in the same pool just for different reasons. Right, right. So if you could basically talk about why do good men cheat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, like what, what causes a good man to be unfaithful? Man, I think you got to look at the context of that man's relationship. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't realize is that when you, quote unquote, a a quote unquote good man is still a man. Mm. <laughs> he may not cheat for the reasons that another man will cheat or the regular man will cheat, so to speak, because I don't want to call him bad man. Right. But, you know, he may not cheat for those reasons, but good men are still men. And yeah. the reason why a good man will cheat is because, and I've seen this speaking to different men. And like even going as a therapist and that's like seeing different men as a therapist is like, okay, it's solidified this way. It showed me that not only are good men men, but good men are human. Mm. And they want emotional support. They want attachment. But at the same time, they don't want to be felt. They don't want to feel locked down. They don't want to feel shackled. They want to be able to be free to do what they want to do. But in the context, in the framework of keeping the relationship safe. But what I've seen, bro, let me just keep it plain. Yeah. Women make good men cheat. Mm. Anxious women, insecure women make a good man cheat. Wow. What do I mean by that? Well, you have a couple. There's a man, a woman, of course, right? And... The woman is getting on the man for not being emotionally present. Let's say that's what it is. She's mm-hmm. getting on the man for not being emotionally present. Now the man, and this is what most men do, they start to shut down. Okay? And the reason why men shut down is just a is is scientifically proven, 50 years of research, it's biologically shown that when a woman starts to get on a man. And she is her anxiety, her insecurities are taking over the conversation. She starts to flood him and just flood him and just flood him. And he's like, yo, I don't want to talk about this right now. Let's chill. But no, she's pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And this causes the man to shut down more. But as a result, the woman starts to flood even more. So it's a cycle. You flood, he shuts down. He shuts down more, so you flood more, and you just keep going in that circle over and over. So within that, within that sphere, what's, what's happening is there is a wedge that is growing into 
a Grand Canyon size of a distance in that relationship. And now the man ends up going to work or he's somewhere at the grocery store, somewhere where he connects just simple, could be simple conversation with another woman. And they start to have something in common. And then that right there starts to grow into something where it's like they start to be connected. And then that's when the thoughts come like, oh, maybe this and that and that. Or the comparison comes like, man, I'm dealing with this, but she's like this. And all that starts to happen. And the next thing you know, you find yourself cheating. You find yourself in an affair. That's why good men cheat. Yeah. No, that's a, it's a beautiful explanation. And men, we all, people, humans in general, we always have this grass is greener on the other side mentality. <sighs> Yeah, man, it's true, bro. I hate that, man. I hate it, but we all, we all, we all got it. Bro. We I all struggle it. with it. We all, yeah. it, and it, 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 it's something that you just have to constantly work through. Now yeah. you brought up a, a a key point. You was like, you know what? Anxious women cause good men to cheat. Mm. Now to clear that up a little bit because it sounds like you're blaming the woman. Is that her responsibility or like? What is the blame for the man coming? Okay, so the thing that I want to bring to a, to to the forefront mm-hmm. is that well, you said a good man. So mm-hmm. my assumption is this man he not on that trying to sleep with other different women, so on and so forth. Got you. That's my assumption. So if that's the case then there's something that is happening in the framework of the relationship mm-hmm. that pushes the man out to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is for all my women who are listening, what I'm trying to do is show you that you have responsibility. You have a part to play in that. Does it absolve the man from cheating? No, it does not. Because mm-hmm. he also can have his part to play. Well, I would say he also has his part to play in where now he has to tell her, like, look, you know, we got to go to therapy or maybe we just need time apart or, you know, he has to be able to express himself in a way. But see, and that's the challenge. Men, when we're boys, we're never taught. And again, that's where the expectation comes into the picture. The expectation of a man to know how to really truly express how he feels is always at a low. Like, yeah, literally a low <laughs> penis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, and it's it's true. That's the only, that's the best way with everything that we're talking about. That expression comes through sex. Mm-hmm. That is the best exactly. way you can express how dominant you are. You can express how stressed you are. Yeah, of someone is all through sex. Yeah, it's yeah. not. We get older, we realize, oh, women actually enjoy sex just as much as us. But we've always been put in that position where you have to dominate or you have to express yourself that way. Yeah. And I want to, I wanna, for the sake of the conversation, I want to categorize it so we don't lose the audience, right? So you talked about the good man. Because I believe there's three different types of men. There's the good men, there's the confused men, and then there's the lost men, Right. So the good men, like you said, are men who are naturally good, who who don't look to be with other women. They, they, they're, they're loyal, they're faithful, but something is happening in their relationship that's causing them to shift mentally. 
Now, if you can talk about the confused man, the man that acts on impulse, that is not emotionally regulated. Hmm. Uh, I think the confused man, the root of that is really not knowing your values, mm. not knowing what you really want. Because see, here's the thing. The best way I can put it, because we spoke about earlier, the inner world and the outer world, right? Yeah. The confused, the confused man, he is living life from this place of <laughs> confusion, right? <laughs> because his inner world is not reflecting his outer world and his outer <laughs> world is not reflecting his inner world. So that's what causes the confusion. That's what causes the turmoil. That's what causes the turmoil, right? So for example, um, a man grew up, let's say he grew up in the church, grew up with these morals and values, and he gets older and he goes out, he starts doing his thing contradictory to what he's been taught growing up in the church. Okay. Okay. If that man doesn't change his beliefs, if he doesn't change his values, that's going to cause the confusion. That's going to cause stress. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to start to feel a great amount of shame. Mm -hmm. You're going to start to feel a great amount of guilt. Why? Because what you believe inside based off of what you were taught is not in alignment for how you're living your life. So, so make that practical. Let's say I have, I grew up in the church. I don't, I was raised not to have sex before marriage. Now I'm in my twenties and my thirties and I'm having sex with multiple people. I'm, I'm having sex before man. I'm not married. Yeah. Is that what you mean by he was raised this way? I was raised this way of believing, hey, you're committing a great sin by not having sex before marriage, not having sex with your wife, blah, 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 not being married. And now I'm out here, I'm doing my thing, I'm clubbing, I'm on dates, and I'm having casual sex. And yeah. now I'm home, and I'm feeling like, man, I feel so dirty, I feel so guilty, so so, yeah. so much in shame. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is, because you're living a life that's a lie unto yourself. Mm. Because within yourself, you still believe that doing those things are wrong. Gosh. You still believe because you haven't changed it yet. You haven't looked within your value system and say, oh, I don't believe this stuff anymore. And this is why I don't believe it anymore. You're just acting. You're just doing. And you're just being. And it's not in alignment with what you truly believe. And that's what's causing the, causing the guilt, the shame, and the turmoil within it's like literally you're like a crazy person and i like a lot of people don't realize that when you're mm -hmm. not when you're not living according to how you truly feel and think and believe man you're literally going to be insane like your mind will never have rest but Jono, i i feel like in speaking in that example if i change those beliefs the fear is i will truly be lost or i would i would be someone that is not good, right? You see, you see the that, yeah. that's thinking that I had, or that I see people like that that have, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is, you're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to um, go through that. Everybody has to go through that. Like mm. some people, 
they're going to live their life. You know, they're going to believe what they believe since they were a kid and whatever, and they move on. But for a lot of us, man, for a lot of us, <laughs> you're going to get older and you're going to realize that, yo, nah, this is not, this is not, not what I want. And you're going to have to make a choice. And it starts from within. But if you just start living your life and doing contradictory to what you believe, man, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Mm. So then go to the third example now. We're going from the good man to the confused man. Now let's talk about the lost men, right? And what I mean by lost men, these are the men that conquer women for sport. Like Mm. no matter... They could have a, a great woman in their life. They could be faithfully married. But once they see that big booty bitch in Publix, <laughs> they bagging her. You feel know <laughs> me? So, like, let's talk about <laughs> paper or plastic. <laughs> as long as the skin is real, <laughs> we want a cop a feel. You know what I mean? So, let's talk about the lost men. Like, what is what from your therapeutic background, from your expertise? What what do you see that person struggling with? Yo, the lost man. Simply put, is the man that doesn't really know what true manhood is. Mm. Yo, I remember having a session with a couple, and the man, there, pretty much, he's causing a rift in the relationship because. I mean, he's a lot of men because he doesn't know how to connect with his wife. And the reason why he doesn't know how to connect with his wife is because she makes more money than him while he runs the business that they're building together. So he runs the business and she she's working the nine to five. Right. And he comes up with these things in his mind. He says certain things about finance and feel like, oh, he has to make more money. And I'm like, bro, you don't realize that this belief is causing an emotional wedge between you and your wife. Like the lost man not only doesn't know what manhood is, but as a result, the lost man doesn't know the power of vulnerability in a relationship. Because mm. that guy, he didn't want to be, he didn't want to open up to his wife. He felt like, no, I have to hold on to this because I don't want her to use it against me. And he said that. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, whoa, this some deep ass shit, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, bro, you need to, you need your own individual therapy because you about to sabotage this relationship long before it starts. So, what what should well, let me clarify this. This is this is the humility part of the podcast, right? The good man, the confused man, and the lost man are not too far apart. They're literally just a couple mindset shifts that mm. have for you to go through that scale. Yeah. So by all means, we're not here. We're men, and we're not judging these other men. We've all been in each part of those realms in different parts of our lives for different reasons. For sure. We're, to this particular part of being unloyal or having an affair, whatever the case may be, right? So it's like the good man, he may cheat once in a relationship or twice. It may be very pitiful. Pit, pit, what's the word? Pivotal? There you go. You went to college. The, set, the, the, <laughs> the confused man, he may have, he may cheat once in a while. 
he may just have an urge and he may act on it, right? But the lost man, he is a constant, consistent cheater. Like this is this is no longer a hobby for him. This is a part-time job for him, yeah. right? So what advice can you give to women who are experiencing those types of relationships? Like what, what advice could you give the woman who's married to a good man, the woman that's married to the confused man, and the woman that's married to the lost man? Well, I think the woman that's with a good man, she has to understand that uh, he has needs. Mm. And, and a lot of times the needs are like space, individuality. Because I notice that with a lot of good men, uh, we be going overboard, kid. We be trying <laughs> to do too much. Yeah. And you, you're neglecting yourself. Because in that man's mind, you're like, oh, I have to be this way. I have to do this. I have to, you know, so on and so forth. Like, you know, I got to make sure. But it's like, and then a lot of times I see good men end up with anxious women too. Mm. So it's like for the woman, you have to really check yourself. And even if a man is always present, he's always he's doing this, you got to push him away and be like, yeah, hey, you got to do your own thing. You know, like you got to do your own thing. You got to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like cultivate, uh, groom. Um, what do you call it? Take care of your your individuality, like having a for autonomy. the woman. That is that a correct autonomy. term? Yes, yeah, yes, autonomy. Exactly, autonomy in a relationship very important. Um, for the the confused man, woman who's with a confused man, oh, bless your heart, because it's I, I honestly I don't have an answer for that. Mm. I don't know how. Because for me, that confused man is going to put you through so much turmoil. You know how much stuff that nigga going to put you through? Yeah, unintentionally. (laughs) Unintentionally. So you have to make a choice on whether or not you're going to be able to, you're going to stay there with him. And guess what? If you have kids in the picture too, you have to understand, you're not just making this decision for you, but you're also making the decision for your kids to stay with him. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that you have to really consider that, man. And, and that's a personal choice, you know? You can do this case-by-case basis. But now, the, the lost man, hmm. if a woman dealing with a man that's lost, he's either one, you say, okay, this is how he is. I've accepted that, and I'm going to be with him, and we just have an agreement. He can go do his thing, come back home, we're good. I don't, I don't need to know. As long as you don't bring no babies here, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? You can have that agreement. Or the next thing could be like, if you don't want to deal with that, you just have to make the hard choice and not be with that person, not be mm. with that guy. That's really what it is at the end of the day. Because I, I know people that, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I told my girl straight up on the first date, like, yo, I do my thing. like, And she's like, okay. So some couples, they have that agreement and it's okay for them. Right. But uh, most people, I don't really see that. That's like a, most women, I don't really see that they really want that. So if you don't want that, you have to make your choice, make the hard, tough decision and be like, yeah, I'm not going to, this is not what I want. I have to move on. What's interesting about that is when, when I talk to women about loss in, in their relationships with their girlfriends, the women always say, oh, that woman knows. And I'm like, for real? That I always find that very interesting. Like, they always say that, oh, she knows. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, uh, is she subconsciously ignoring everything? <laughs> like, 
and, and I always find that funny. I mean, I don't know if you have some insight on that, but I've always maybe when we have a woman on the podcast one day, we can act like why do why do women always know that the other person know the other woman knows? I mean, for me, if I just practically thinking about it, mm-hmm. the the woman is not able to come to the guy's house. Never. Mm-hmm. You can't go to certain places. You can't, you know, can't do it. You know, this day and age of social media, you can't be snapping pictures and stuff together. Like, that's probably the course of action that the man is going to take. So how would the woman, you got to be an airhead not to know that they're so numb. Like, even, uh, even if that woman is her husband, like, I've had other women say, oh, no, that wife knows that her man is a, with a serial cheater. I don't see how they wouldn't know. I think it's because the thing about it is an energetic thing. Mm. It's energy. Uh, mo- most, but uh, 75 to 80% of communication is nonverbal. That nonverbal is energy. Gotcha. So you're going to have a feeling, dog. Uh, you want, you want, it's going to be a feeling, dog. Uh, they say women have the intuition, men have it too. When you have a feeling, it's like uh, a lot of times that's probably accurate. Got you. Got yeah. you. So to close us out, man, do you have a therapy term for our audience? You have some education. Oh. For us? Uh, some I classical. would say, okay, <laughs> counter, counter transference. Mm, what is that? Transference. Counter-transference is a therapist and a client working together, and the therapist is hearing the client's situation. It triggers the therapist, and then the therapist automatically starts shaping the therapy session as if it's them that's going through the thing, and they start to give them advice based off of their own situation. Wow. Yeah. Is that that proper practice? Is that ethical? No. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. That's, That's why as therapists, we got to talk to different therapists. Um, we got to have, you know, we got to really check ourselves at the door. That's why it's very important for therapists to do their own work. Because that happened to me before. Where huh. I could feel the counter-transference. I was like, oh, I, it happens to me all the time. Especially when I deal with couples. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this one's similar in my marriage. Oh, shoot. <laughs> but I don't lead with that. I just keep, like, asking more questions because there's always nuance, you know, in everyone's situation, you know? So what so should a... The stuff. So what should a client do when they see... When they feel as if the therapist is directing a therapy session like that? Should they call it out? Man, I don't know if a therapist... I don't know if, the, if a client can really even know. Oh, wow. unless, unless, cause I've heard this has happened. Unless the therapist is like, oh, wow. Like, you know, this, that happened in my marriage too, where this and that and that and that and that, you know, and that's a slippery slope. That's a very slippery slope because yeah, you want to be able to connect with your client in that way. So they can know that you feel how they feel or you understand. But when it comes to like relationships, stuff like that, I don't do that. I do it with other stuff. I don't, I don't. I just say, look, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're going through. I've been married for 13 years. I've been with my wife for 16, we've been married for 13. So I understand, you know, and I say from a point of like, these are the marital, these are the relationship challenges that people have. And I get it. 
That's how I just keep it there. But I never go into like details on like, oh yeah, because this happened. Once a one uh, honestly, to all my people out there who are looking to go to therapy or in therapy right now, once your therapist starts to divulge too much of how they've experienced what you've experienced, I think that's a red flag. Got you. Okay, no, that's a great tip. And I also think it's important to add to that to test out what you've done in therapy. Like there's still, even if the therapist don't give you actual homework, it yeah. is your job to actually do the homework throughout the week to ask questions, to, to, sure. to implement the strategies to see if it works for you, right? And then come back and say, hey, this didn't work. This worked. I saw this. I felt this. This is a, a give and take. Yeah. And um, you bring us some really good points. You 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 broke down some amazing gems. This podcast episode. Um, I appreciate you, and I love you, bro. Love you too, bro. Until we part again, my bloody. Yeah. Don't touch.